Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Growing Pains podcast with Ishan. And hi, I'm Brad, the podcast where we discuss topics surrounding young people aged 16 to 25. Today we're here to talk about uh, universities and the pandemic. Today is one of my special guests is my oldest friend, Zeb O'Regan. Zeb, would you care to say what uni you're from and what your plans are for the next year and a fun fact about yourself? Um, yeah, of course. I go to the Uni of Exeter. Um, in the next year, I'm hoping to do an MA in English Literary Studies. And fun fact about myself is that I can touch my nose with my tongue. Who can't? <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I can't. Oh, wait, can I? I don't know. I have one other person that can do it. Me? Yeah, yeah, literally you. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Zeb. <laughs> no um, my special guest is Emily Hook. Just as Zeb did, please could you say what university you're from and what your plans are for next year, Emily? And do you want a fun fact about me too? Yeah, why yes. not? All right, yeah, I'm I'm, um, I'm from Loughborough University. Uh, I've actually deferred my second semester of final year due to the pandemic. And a fun fact about myself is I've travelled to 15 countries in 14 days. So we brought you guys on especially because you two are, well, Emily was supposed to graduate this year, but Zeb is graduating this year. And you have some knowledge about your respective universities. Yeah. So last month, Cambridge announced that it would be having lectures online for the next year. Obviously, given the environment, things might change under the government's guidance. So how do you feel that you're graduating this year, or in Emily's case, repeating second semester? And how do you think these methods of teaching are going to change the student experience? So start with Zeb, then followed by Emily. Um, I feel like it would definitely be a challenge for a lot of people, um, especially sort of the, the first years that have come and they wanted to, you know, really sort of dive in. And now they're just yeah. going to have to do everything, you know, basically from I was talking about this with my brother, literally from their bedroom because they can't go downstairs because that's like a, you know, social area. So if they want to if they want to teach online through Zoom or whatever it is, it's going to be quite difficult. And I also feel like it's such a shame because it's such like a such a, you know, like vibrant yeah. and mm. I mean I know some of the things are going to be face to face which um, are the more important things but I just I don't think it's easy to replace something like that okay yeah. Emily what about yourself um, I think that this semester is obviously is a lot of people that have had their complaints or whatever but I think it gives the uni a chance to see what's worked what hasn't worked and then hopefully over the summer they've got enough time to make the changes necessary to go to the next academic year. Um, I think there's there's opportunities to make it better um, and hopefully they'll be able to make it easier for international students that can't make it over. Um, but yeah, again, no one knows what it's actually going to be like. Um, be interesting to see what they come up with. Yeah, certainly. How, um, and then my second question was going to be, how do you think it's going to affect... So, for example, I do chemical engineering and lab work is particularly prevalent in the, in my course. How do you think that's going to affect uh, like tutorials or seminars where you have to engage with group work um, in just with other students on your course? Um, to be fair, I think um, I reckon what the unis will do, they'll be making lectures online so that they're freeing up timetable space to make lower capacity um, room for labs workshops and stuff so hopefully they'll still manage to get a lot of that stuff on 
Um, and that's the yeah. stuff that I have to work on quite a lot. Um, but if they can't, that's that's the reason I deferred my second semester is because I wanted that experience in the workshop before I graduate. Mm. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. Just on that kind of note of deferring. So I've had I've heard like a lot of eighteen year olds who are now kind of ready to go to their first year of uni are starting to defer. Would would you defer if you're in the situation they are now? knowing what you know now would you defer this year um if i'd have known what uni was going to be like and how much i enjoyed like the first year i probably mm. would have deferred i can't say yeah. I, I feel like if i hadn't have known i probably would have gone ahead anyway yeah but, i mean mm. the and the, just you know just the socialization and going out with people and just being able to do what you want i feel it's so invaluable and especially when you consider these kids well not kids but you know young adults they've come from houses they've come from schools where you're kind of told where to be what to do yeah this this is the first time you're an adult but if you're going to go and be an adult and basically not be allowed to go where you want or not allowed Mm. to be in big groups of who you want it's it kind of just it it kind of makes a really gray area where you're kind of an adult but then you're also not because you you can't go out and be an adult if that makes sense so yeah yeah. i know i probably just would have waited and then I would have gotten the whole experience and had three really, really, really great years. But then also there's nothing to say that, you know, that this social distancing couldn't go on for like a few years. I mean, it's, 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 that's the problem. It's just so difficult to predict what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. So Zeb, you, you said earlier that your brother is, uh, is an incoming student to um, it, into uh, university this year. Yeah. Um, so how does he feel about like these teaching methods and like the, the experience to miss out on freshers? Obviously, because he's your brother, you've probably told him like your yeah. experience. Yeah. And I know you have an older sister who's like obviously told you, told you both about how her, her experience was as well. Yeah. Um, well, I think with regards to the teaching methods, he's a bit um, he's a bit upset because definitely um, I mean, he is quite a sociable person. He's more sociable than I am. And um, he's he's come from sixth form and he does subjects like English and philosophy where it's very sort of you go into a room and you discuss things, which I think is what he was looking forward to. And of course, mm. you can do that online, but obviously it's not the same. It might feel a bit awkward getting to know your tutors and your classmates online. I mean, I I really don't envy that. And if I have to do that, I'm not looking forward to it because I just, I think it's such an awkward environment and you get lags and things like that, which, and if your Wi-Fi doesn't work either, it's just, it can be a real nightmare. Um, but with, on the subject of freshers, I'm not sure he's, that's a bit of a different one because he wasn't really, he's not the kind of going out person, if that makes sense. And he doesn't really drink alcohol like a lot of students do. So in a way, I feel like a part of him's relieved that like <laughs> people aren't going to go out and, um, you know, as you know, that would normally happen. But I do, I was saying to him, I did say if you're going to have to stay indoors and do sort of more in, intimate things during freshers, you will kind of get to know people a lot better and a lot quicker. And because when you at freshers, it can be difficult to kind of like gauge people and who they are because everyone, everything's just so chaotic. But I'd say this, you might end up making like um, a lot of closer friends quite quickly. Okay. Yeah. So, so um, Emily, obviously, I can't necessarily speak on behalf of Exeter, but Loughborough Hall life is is major. It's one of the things that kind of made my Loughborough experience. But as halls do kind of form part of your university identity, how do you think the changes with regards to coronavirus are going to affect hall life? And do you think there will also be a change in the way that Loughborough especially goes from 
a hall-based system to maybe a more department-based? Um, yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, it's definitely not going to be a typical freshers. I think we all know that. Um, no. But even as Zeb said, there are people there that may not always want to go out and may not always want to be drinking. So there is a really good opportunity here to get a lot of people engaged that might not usually be engaged. And um, there's a chance to be really creative with the sorts of events they're running. Um, some of the ideas I've heard are really good. Um, in terms of Loughborough, um, I think it's a really good place to be because you've got students from all 17 halls working really hard to come up with new and exciting ideas rather than kind of just relying on nights out and um, that drinking aspect of things. So, yeah, yeah pretty much. Yeah, but, but as well as, do you think, so over, like, over this last year, we've seen, um, like in Loughborough especially, we've seen lower engagement from students anyway, where students come to realistically just focus on their degrees instead of, you know, going out or like doing new things. Do you think that that departments will be more prevalent and department committees will need to essentially step up and take the role over or? Um, yeah, I don't I don't think it's necessarily a case of taking the role over, but I think I think you've got a really good point. Um, I definitely think there needs to be more of a balance between department life and hall life and maybe they could merge in some aspects where halls might be running events where you get in groups within your departments and stuff Mm. especially this year where Mm. they might not be able to go into lectures and meet their course mates it might be down to the halls to work with the departments to Mm. put on events within the the hall if that that makes sense Mm. yeah that makes sense yeah yeah because i i did hear about um the accommodation in loughborough being being departmentalized so you might have a flat full of um everyone on your course instead of uh instead of you know like random random people for example like i i lived with three like in my first year i lived with three people who did economics and then one industrial design student so uh yeah yeah so i i I don't i don't know but yeah Um, what were you about to say Oh, yeah, sorry, I was going to say, yeah, well, obviously the uni and the union are working really hard to come up with those sorts of how can they make the actual accommodations a bit more um, um, suited in that sort of sense. I think they still want to get a mix of people so you're not, you know, with exactly the same people all the time, but they do always try to give you maybe at least one person that you're either in the same course or the same school with. Um, but we obviously, I, I can't speak, I don't know what the university is actually going to do. Yeah. No, no. I mean, yeah. This this is all just uh, speculation. Like we can we can theorize about anything we want, <laughs> but uh, so, but also like so. For example, in Loughborough, uh, like uh, like Brad said, whole life is kind of prevalent. Zeb, in Exeter, do you see like, uh, for example, uh, most of my friends that I made were from my hall, and then I sort of expanded out. Um, in Exeter, do you see like that trend changing? Do you see like it being hall based or department based? Um, I I think it's really just kind of a mix, and it's kind of uh, what you want to do. Because I remember, obviously, I've been up to Loughborough, haven't I? And it, it did really feel like you know your hall was your community. It was like where you were. But um, in Exeter, because Exeter is so small, and the accommodations in the campuses are really really close together, I think people kind of just. Um, flip between the two I mean in the first sort of term I did hang out with my flatmates a lot but then um, just through chats and things I started 
um, hanging out with people from other accommodations which were in the yeah. town and then I started going to another accommodation which was nearby and by the end all of my friends kind of came from all over the place even though I did live in like a, a townhouse of 12 people um, I would say I was only really good friends with you know less than half of them in the townhouse the other people just kind of kept themselves um, so yeah I guess in that way it would be kind of difficult for Exeter because it's it's kind of just it's such an open green and accessible um, campus with so many people and if that was to sort of be hindered in some way it, I think it could really um, it could sort of damage the, the student experience and I, I feel like it definitely would damage mine if I were a fresher now yeah. yeah I think just kind of on a slightly a tangent a little bit but in terms of the students that are going to come this September I think the universities are really going to struggle with trying to almost enforce social distancing yeah because yeah. Mm. especially when you know as a student, you know, you're 18, 19, the people you're surrounding are also 18, 19. You haven't got any of the kind of like vulnerable family members that you see. I think there is going to be the issue of students just going, I don't really care. Mm. I'm not, I, I'm going to have my student experience. And I think that is something the university are really going to struggle with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that, really. I don't even know. Yeah. I think that gets that raises the question is, are, are you are universities going to enforce social distancing in any way mm. like are they I know there's things like wardens on campuses anyway but I mean yeah. is it part of their like contract now that they're going to have to break up big crowds or something or, or I guess yeah that's something to consider mm-hmm. yeah it, it's 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 particularly uh, like difficult to enforce anyway yeah um like we, we've seen like huge crowds during like this heat wave right now we've seen huge crowds going to the beaches and um mm. uh, but a council can realistically just fine fine people, but it's not stopping somebody from like driving to beach or yeah, yeah. You're never going to enforce it totally. Mm. How I wonder how the university are going to kind of make sure that lecturers remain safe because obviously computer science we've got a few senior lecturers who might be more vulnerable than say the 18 19 year old students so just wonder thinking if they feel safe like meeting up with students even if it is all only on like one one-on-ones because i was saying earlier like i got freshers flu first and second year whatever you want to call it like when that's not freshers flu instead it's say coronavirus do you feel comfortable? I don't know if I'd necessarily feel comfortable trying to teach in environments like that. Yeah, oh, I I don't th- I don't think the union will want to put anyone at risk. Um, no, it, it, I, we obviously we don't know what it's going to look like in September. I think they're planning for different yeah. scenarios. But at the end of the day, it's a good question. Like, will the, mm. will the lecturers say no? I'm not I'm not coming in to do that. Yeah. How that will I suppose it's like I know there's already there's parents who are refusing to let their children go to school because I think at the moment the government's kind of it's your choice, and I wonder if the university will kind of say that the lecturers going obviously, if you are vulnerable, we're not going to force you or demonise you for not coming into to the um the university. But at the same point, what what has the student paid for? Because it feels less and less with all these, like, okay, we're going to, like, as you said earlier, with the Cambridge example, we're going to move online. I paid to 
to go to university. I didn't pay necessarily for, to go to the open university. Yeah, no, you, you raise a good point though. Like, will will um, will tuition fees be the same? Which they realistically they will be, but um, yeah. uh, but realistically, could you do a um, could you do it like a petition to say, right? I didn't sign up for online lectures. Yeah, maybe maybe you should decrease the cost of our of our tuition, but again. Well, that's at, the, at the end of the day, universities are a business. Yeah. Like they have their own, they have their own board. They have their own set of, like they have their own set of rules that they have to work by. Uh, and they need to, they need to have money to run all of the, all of the soft, like buy all the software that students need or yeah. whatever, like pay for electricity or the, like the gardening that goes on in, in Loughborough as well. Mm. I just feel it's harder for, obviously with the universities now, a lot of their income or a good chunk of it must come from international students. I suppose that's mm. why Cambridge have done it because obviously I, I don't know the statistic off the top of my head, but I can imagine that their amount, they have a lot of international students who now can't come to Cambridge. So in that sense, how much are universities that kind of, are taking the stance of we're going to remain open. How much are they going to lose in terms of revenue from international study? Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I think mm. like it, a lot of, like you say, yeah, a lot of the money does come from international students. And I mean, I think I had somewhere anyway that some universities are already kind of in a bit of financial trouble. I mean, I think my uni is one of them. So mm. it, I think it, this, it, I guess it's a question of whether this is going to accelerate um like a sort of demise like maybe people are just not really going to go to uni as much as they had been anymore i mean i know the figure had kind of been dropping anyway before corona but um i I maybe it feels like this has kind of put things into perspective and maybe people are going to think you know why should i go to uni if Mm. you know something like this could happen again or if we could get like a second wave or or if this could go on Mm. for years and years and years because when you uh, do go to uni, you're kind of you, you're not you're not stuck, but you are in like a certain place, can't you? And you can't really you can't really get out of it easy, or you could lose a lot of money if you were to drop out. So yeah. with this in mind, it might be a bit of a commitment that people might not want to um, devote themselves to. I, I think as well. I don't necessarily. This might sound a bit controversial, but I I don't know how much I agree with the amount of universities that there are in the UK at the moment. Mm. Like when you compare it to the states, obviously state's education system is completely different to us in the UK. But mm. the amount of universities they have, like people who travel like 14 hours to go to their university. There's, how, I'm not sure off the top of my head how many... Brad, you're cutting out again. Oh, why is it doing this? Brad, you cut, you cut out again. Oh, shit. It's fine. I'll just repeat the sentence and I'll cut, cut it back in. Yeah, no, I was just... Oh, shit, what was I saying? Um, uh, universities in in the states yeah so universities in the states versus kind of like the uk universities in the sense of that students travel like tens of hours to get to their university i think in the uk it's almost like our students kind of pushed into universities and students that ne- aren't necessarily traditional university material are going to kind of the 
lesser universities that sounds a bit elitist i know but in <laughs> no, the sense of like yeah 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 you did definitely didn't sound oh yeah loughborough top 10 uni yes <laughs> but no like if you're going to university that's like 116th for say computer science uh, let's let's be real it's university of bedfordshire come on <laughs> i didn't want to say anything but like if you're going to like one of the worst universities in the uk for computer, say computer science is my degree i don't necessarily know like would you not be better taking an apprenticeship again? in oh fuck's sake have i gone again no no you're fine yeah. um, oh <laughs> no i was just saying um obviously i did computer science and it's kind of a case of if you're going to the worst university like because you've really been pushed into doing university and you want to do computer science but you haven't got the grades for it in my mind you're much better off taking an apprenticeship in data science something like that which is more of a hands-on role than getting yourself into 30 40 50 grand's worth of debt to come out with a realistically kind of subpar degree yeah. that's I mean, kind of my yeah. two cents on it mm, you're, you're not wrong like um that i do agree that there are there are quite a few unis in the uk that realistically don't need to be there yeah uh because uh, in the states as well like uh, they have private and public universities mm. and the the um the tuition fees are completely different uh in comparison there um like for example like you could you could end up with hundreds and like hundreds of of thousands of uh, dollars in debt if you went to like a private private university to study like anything whereas if you went to a public you'd probably end up with the same amount of debt that we we'd have maybe a little bit more Uh, okay yeah so yeah but i do get your point that if if you are going to go to university, mm. uh, you you should you should aim for a top tier one. Yeah. And if you don't get that, you should go for an apprenticeship where you're learning more for hands-on skill. Yeah. And there are apprenticeships where you can get a, you can get a degree alongside your um, alongside yeah, yeah. your uh, your work like your work as well. So. I mean, mm. one of my, one of my best friends um, did an apprenticeship. He did his uh, he did up to AS. So between kind of first year and second year of sixth form, he found an apprenticeship with Network Rail. And, you know, he, he's doing very well, very well for himself. And now they're at the point where they're paying for him to do a degree at Sheffield Hallam in railway engineering. And although I, I think it's kind of a part-time course, in five or six years, he's going to have a bachelor's whilst all still getting paid at the same time. Yeah. And it's... If I had the option to do something, I, I would have taken it. Obviously, computer science is not so much, but the thing yeah, like that he's definitely I, taken I, the right choice like, for him. Them internships are kind of really far and few between, yeah. aren't they? I mean, if you think about the sheer volume of people that apply for uni, if you kind of if you were to say cut that in half, and then say, oh, why don't you apply for an internship instead? It's that like, there's just going to be so many people because I I do agree with you. I think as a country we kind of just go to university just because it, it seems natural and not because we actually want to go. And I mean, I think it's kind of rare to find someone who actually is really academic and not just who's intelligent, but someone who really, really likes to study. Yeah, I think it's the research really side of it bad. as well, yeah. Yeah, because in other European mm. countries, it's just the, the universities, it's just that, that culture is just not there. I mean, so many people do 
internships so many more people do that but I think it would be nicer to see that option more widely available in the UK but it, it mm. just kind of feels like oh well you either go to uni or if you're lucky you get an apprenticeship or you just mm. kind of go into a job and you stay there for a few years yeah um so yeah it kind of just feels like a it's like a case of two opposite well not opposites but two sort of you know there's no kind of um variation I, th- I do wonder as well, as well. I remember um, I'm friendly now with someone who used to work at Sixth Form that I went at a few years back. And he said to me, it was like, there is an incentive from the government for students to go to university. So the Sixth Forms almost push students into universities because mm. it, it's one of the um, or, or like measures to how successful a Sixth Form is, like further education mm. participation or higher education participation. Yeah. So I wonder if yeah, that's... You're right. Just... Uh, you are right, yeah. Mm. Uh, because, uh, so when um, me and Zeb graduated from sixth form, uh, like, in the paper, like, in the paper, it uh, obviously it shows school school results. Um, and, school, like, the school sixth form results, um, uh, our school, in our year, we it was the highest achieving year that our school had had in, a t- in some time. Yeah. Um, so obviously their ranking got pushed a bit more, but, and it is, it is a measure that, okay, you've got these high, you've got high achieving students who are all going on to wherever, uh, to this university or this university to study this. Yeah. Uh, but I do agree. There's not many who were most, most of the people that I know from sixth form all went to university mm-hmm. or, yeah, it was expected, wasn't it? I also think mm. that, like, yeah, you uh, people can boast, oh, you know, X amount of people from our sixth form went to university. But, I mean, I just wonder, does that include people who drop out? Does it include people who aren't very happy at university? Does it include people who don't who do not do very well at university academically? I mean, I do think it's kind of like a, it's like a formal kind of official thing, but it's only kind of skin deep. And, um, I mean, I do remember that it was kind of le- very laid out for us that it was that we were supposed to go to university and they would literally schedule hours for us to work on our personal statement. And even people who said that they weren't applying to university had to go to those sessions and they were just told to work on something else when really mm. you could tell that they hadn't prepared anything for those people. They just kind of wanted to herd everyone and, you know, be like sit down and you know what you know just think of the uni and prepare for the uni and think about getting in and in a way I did feel sorry for the people who didn't want to go to university because I, I yeah. felt, felt like really left out and I would have felt like maybe it would have encouraged me to go to university even if I didn't want to just because it that was all that was kind of you know you get tunnel vision it's all you kind of know yeah no, I agree with mm. that completely um I think the mm. oh can I go I think people that um, maybe really aren't equipped for university, I really think that they should be given more support in that school time because often a lot of the people I know that have gone on to do those apprenticeships that they've found may have got like not got those amazing grades that the, the schools really push for, but they're the ones that are developing in their career and they're really getting somewhere later on down the line. Like it's not a short yeah. thing, but they're the ones that actually end up being a lot more successful in the long run. Mm. Mm. Yeah, there, there was a there was a there was a kid in the year below me at school um, who has a who had an in, like an apprenticeship at um, Unilever, I believe. Yeah, and yeah. and I and I I just thought I'm applying for jobs at the moment. 
I would kill to have a job at Unilever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, like, well, not just Unilever, like any any company, but and it it like it is it is hard as well to to apply to apply and get a job uh, as well. Considering like every like everyone is going to university and they are and everyone's getting a degree, uh, so it is it is a uh, a little bit tough to get a job, but. Yeah, I mean, it's especially difficult for grad students because, I mean, degrees have almost become hyperinflated, haven't they? I mean, if everyone has a degree, they kind of just lose value, don't they? And I mean, at the end of the day, like, uh, of course, a degree is so, so valuable and it can sh- it's a testament to the fact that you can study and that you, you've com- you've committed yourself wholeheartedly to something. But then also people, some people do just go to uni and they're just naturally smart and they can just get by but really they might have attended like four lectures out of 12 or something like that. So it can kind of be a bit misleading, I think, because sometimes, you know, they could end up in a, in a full-time job after or something, and it would be a really big culture shock because at uni you can, as, I mean, it might be different for like STEM subjects, but I mean, as someone who studies English, I, I know people that, you know, just don't, they, they just don't show up, but they can still manage to get around it. So I think it would be a really big culture shock for them if they were to get like a nine to five job or if they were to do an apprenticeship, something that's really taxing. And then they would, you know, they it would just, it, I mean, they wouldn't have done that kind of work for three years or potentially longer. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's a completely different way of um, learning, isn't it? Yeah. Um, found interesting, so I don't know if this is a bit of a tangent, but... Um, was one of the emails we received from the uni encouraging us to do a master's. It was almost like, if you've not thought of doing a master's, you can always stick on. And whether that was because of the job market this year. But I just thought, I thought that was really interesting that they're actually now pushing. I don't know whether they're doing it for the financial aspects or whether they're doing it to help people, you know, get another qualification to help them out down the line. But, yeah. I think that's the thing. Yeah, if, oh, sorry. No, 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 please, no. I was just going to say kind of like the job market as well. It's kind of like the knock-on effect of Zeb, I think you said earlier, like overinflated in terms of degrees, but you're going to have, I know a few people who have lost their graduate jobs as a result of kind of the pandemic and how many students you're going to have next year who are going to be going for the same jobs. If that makes sense. It's almost like, if you have 1.5 times the amount of people going for half the vacancies, it'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see if there's a lot of students who are almost going into like unemployment post university. Yeah, I do think that's why people mm-hmm. are going to, um, if they can afford it, they'll do MAs. And I mean, I know my friend because I applied for a master's um, in October, way before this happened. Mm. But I had a friend and she literally told me early that year, like, oh, I can't do another year of study. You know, her heart just wasn't in it. But now she is doing yeah. a master's um, and she applied to do it like in April around the pandemic because she didn't want to leave. She didn't want her final year of university to be like that. And also like mm. her chances of getting like a really like a like a good grad job now, they're just almost like annihilated because people aren't really taking people on at the minute. And yeah. even if they are, it's, the competition is going to be so much more fierce than it already is. Um, but then equally, I guess if you leave it a year, it's not going to get any better because you'll get like the you'll get the backwater and the, the delay of people who didn't get jobs will be then applying for them. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like maybe the government needs to 
needs to do something about that because th there's going to be an entire generation of young people who are going to find it really difficult to make a livelihood now. Yeah. Mm. You know, you you do make a, you do make a good point, uh, and the about like as well as so I'm I'm on my integrated master's degree, uh, and the, I, I've definitely seen more people applying to people who are graduating this year from from my hall. They've applied to do a master's instead um, for the next year as well. I I have seen that trend, uh, but again, like you said, there's going to be an issue with how many jobs are going to be there, like available. Yeah, exactly. Especially with mm. the, the people that didn't do have their, their placements, they're, they're now not getting placements. So next year you're going to have the people that didn't do a placement applying for a job. You, the amount of people in their final year next year, there's going to be a lot more of them. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that raises the question, if you had an internship lineup or a placement and you didn't get it, would that company be kind of obliged to, to bring back all the people they would have had or would they be free to just start again and you know get anyone they wanted do you know what I mean like do they have an obligation to the people who missed out and also I mean with the internship as well it's not just the internship in itself but then it gives you it gives you something to put on your CV so that if you wanted to go somewhere else you know it would boost your chances a lot but now that kind of natural sort of you know step-by-step -step process is just going to be completely disturbed and people you know, might not get even the experience that they need to apply for jobs. And so it really is kind of like a domino effect. Yeah. All fun and games, isn't it? Woohoo. <laughs> can't, can't wait can't wait to apply for jobs in a year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not going to get a job anyway because I'm an English student, but like now. <laughs> that, that, is a, that is a topic for another episode. <laughs> Just actually one more thing. But... I wonder how many students now are going to think of potentially going into teaching and kind of mm. government-backed jobs. Because, I mean, computer science-wise, they're, they're always pushing for computer science teachers and stuff like that. And, like, the STEM subjects that don't typically go into teaching maybe looking a little bit more towards teaching now. Because it is, it's, yeah, it's a very um, stable job. <laughs> yeah, I, um, yeah, I did... Uh, I, we... Well, in ChemEng, we received emails saying apply for Teach First's um, yeah. graduate scheme uh, or their internship scheme where you, you I think you go into like different schools uh, every three months and, uh, well, teach chemistry, physics or maths. Mm. Um, and it, it definitely will be interesting because it is, is something that needs to be like, like shown because there aren't then aren't that many good like chemistry like physics or math teachers uh, no. that can teach well because uh, normally you have a substitute teacher filling in or somebody who's never actually studied it yeah. teaching you. Uh, I had this conversation with Emily not so long ago in terms of speaking at least from a computer science perspective. It's just not competitive. <laughs> computer science, obviously. I imagine the same with engineering. I think computer science is now trying to be pushed so much in schools, but a good computer scientist is unlikely to take a pay cut and a significant pay cut at that to go and teach. Mm. Yeah. No, you, you are right. Because why, why would you, so why would you go into a job where you could, for, so the graduate salary, uh, average graduate salary for, for a chemical engineer is 
29, uh, 29 grand. Why mm. would you go and go and teach uh, at a school where you're going to get paid? I, I don't know, 22. For example, I have no clue how much a teacher gets paid. <laughs> I think that um, they do give you more money depending on what, what you're going to study. Yeah. Because I was looking into mm. at one point. And I think if you wanted to study physics, because obviously a physicist isn't necessarily going to go into a school unless they're really passionate about teaching. But I yeah. think they'll, they'll give you, I think it was 28,000 or something, because they know that there's going to be a shortage if they don't um, offer up more. But then for someone like, I don't know, someone who studies philosophy or history who doesn't necessarily have a really good career ahead of them or like a really not a good career not really nice but like a like a really um precise um career ahead of them um they would just go into teaching because it is reliable and but then yeah. in those subjects you might get like um like an like overstaffing of teachers because people are just sort of going into teaching because it's a reliable kind of um backup plan yeah yeah, yeah. I think, well, hope, I'm hoping that they'll, um, I think there's a kind of stigma into going into teaching. Obviously, it's something that a lot of people have to be passionate about. You're not going to come out of your industry to go and teach. But um, mm. I, I think there could be more of a drive for it after this, because be, being a teacher is secure and I suppose it is rewarding. It's just yeah. it's that mm. you take the financial aspect. And also, you've got to have the, um, you've got to be able to teach kids. Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's not an easy job, is it? But no, not everyone's cut out for it. Yeah. I mean, last summer I did, like, I went back to my school for a week just to sort of see if I did it. And if I'm honest, I kind of came away and thought, mm, that isn't for me because, I mean, it's not it's not necessarily that all of the, the kids were really, really badly behaved or didn't want to learn because actually a lot of them were really, really, they surprised me. They were really, really engaged and wanted to learn. But at the end of the day, if if you're so passionate about something and you've studied it at such a high level and then you kind of have to regress and, teach people in school or sixth form and you know a lot of people I know I say a lot of them are good but also people just aren't going to want to be there at school because they don't want to be told what to do they don't want to have to learn things that they see no point learning um and it's just difficult to 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 teach something and to be passionate about something when you're in a room full of people where a lot of them just don't share that same passion yeah that's true yeah it would be good if mm. we had something similar to like, sorry, this is going off, Um, a bit like what lecturers have, like lecturers that, you know, they do their teaching and then they've got their offices where they can actually go and still be doing the, what they love mm. to do. If, yeah. If mm. done at school teacher level, that would be kind of nice, but that's a, <laughs> that's a bit of yeah. a... <laughs> you know, it does raise a question, like, will some of the habits that we, that we have during lockdown, will some of them persist, like even after even after this has gone or, or could things just change of their own accord i mean it's, it's interesting to see what will happen in maybe a few years yeah mm. yeah no yeah because uh, lecturers are allowed to choose whatever research they want um which obviously is very beneficial to them because uh, i did i just finished my research project uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, and one of the one of the first meetings that we had uh, were, that I had with my lecturer, uh, with my supervisor, even uh, he said that if it's I, I bought this new equipment for your project, because if I'm not learning anything, I'm just not going to enjoy like helping you with your project. Yeah. So, it yeah, lect I think lecturers as well, they have they have their uh, they have the, their own benefit of because they're doing the research that they want and then they get to teach 
whatever like that that research at a high level it's uh they i think they probably get a bit more like enjoyment out of it yeah i think yeah like we say about like um really teaching how it's kind of you know there's like one person who specializes in one thing i mean it would be interesting maybe if that if that went on in schools because I mean you're kind of differentiated in school like I don't know if it's in every school but we were separated by our sets or just simply timetabling with our options and things but it could be interesting to say if you were interested in kind of one thing or one topic or it was like so say I don't know like history for example and you were interested in modern history mate and like you could pick an option to do like a class in that kind of um, subject or if, if you were interested in more ancient history then you could be grouped with people who are likewise mm. but then also like it, because a GCSE is like a, a breadth of knowledge rather than depth that I guess yeah. that would be difficult unless the GCSEs change as well but I guess that's something to consider because I also think that way the transition to university would be maybe easier because you would find what you want you would be used to going to one person and studying one thing in depth rather than like a really superficial knowledge of something mm. yeah mm. No, it will be interesting, to say the least. <laughs> yeah, none of us really know what the... I, I'm interested to see what the effects of the pandemic will be. I think yeah. there's going to be a lot of changes. Mm. Obviously, we don't know what they are yet. Mm. Mm. But Fun to find out. that was... Uh, that, so hopefully you enjoyed our discussion on universities and the pandemic. We may have gone off on some tangents, but <laughs> you know what? That's what this podcast was made for. That is fine. <laughs> yeah, no, thank you for listening. And we should see you in two weeks for the second episode of this podcast. Uh, thank you, Zeb and Emily, for coming on and being our special guests. No worries. Uh, we might have you on in yeah, a year. We'll see. <laughs> Yeah, we can do an update. Uh. <laughs> so, yeah. Right.